The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. We've been looking at this subject titled Favor since last week. And we're going we're gonna to look at it some more. Hallelujah. We have to look at it some more. We have to look at it some more. One way we are able to tell that folks have backslided is actually in the when we are able to look and access one major thing, one key, very one key, um, one key metric, and that is the zeal with which they do things. Zeal, zeal. Turn your Bible to Saint John's Gospel, chapter number two, and verse thirteen, even to seventeen. Zeal. John 2, 13 to 17. Hallelujah. Who is on the scriptures, please? Hallelujah. Amen. Are we there? John 2, 13 to 17. Zeal. Hmm. One way you can tell that something is wrong with your spiritual life is by, by checking your zeal level. Your zeal. Now, look at John chapter 2, verse 13 to 17. It says, the Jewish Passover was near, so Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Can we read the next verse? What does it say? Uh, it now says what? And found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves, and the changers of the money sitting. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep uh, and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and over to the tables and said unto them that sold those, take these things hence, make not my father's house and house of what? Merchandise. Now, what was going on was that, you see, the temple was built in such a way that there were three parts. There was the most holy part where the priest went in once, um, once a year. Then there was the outer court, all right. Then there was, you know, the 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 part of the temple or uh, Solomon where sacrifices and all of that was, you know, was offered. So, because certain people traveled from different parts of Israel, all right, into Jerusalem to offer sacrifices, <coughs> you had scenarios where, when they came to offer those sacrifices, they didn't come, you know, with bulls and doves and all of that. So they bought from around, you understand? They bought, you know, those things, those items from around, you understand, for, uh, around the temple, then went into the temple to offer it. But what now happened was, to make things very convenient, those guys who were selling the doves and, uh, you know, those uh, uh, lambs and stuff, instead of staying outside of the temple to sell it, they were bringing their merchandise into the temple. So why the, the priest is trying to offer a sacrifice, you know, they're offering sacrifice. Somebody is by the side saying, uh, um, will you take it 500 naira or 2,000 naira? All right, so by one five, you understand? And inside the temple. So when Jesus saw that, the Bible says he made weeps because they now even set up stalls inside the temple where, you know, such thing was not allowed according to the law of Moses. So Jesus took up whips and drove all of them out. You understand? And said unto them that sold those. He says, take these things hence. Make not my father's house an house of merchandise. And his disciples remember that it was written. Can we read? The zeal of thine house had 
eating me up. The zeal of thine house had eaten me up. One thing that I got to know, uh, that caught my attention when he says, the zeal of thine house, it shows me that if you are going to be zealous for the things of the kingdom, you must have a sense of ownership about the things of the kingdom. You cannot see the things of the kingdom as, or the things of your local church as the things of the pastor or their things. No, there must be a sense of ownership you take. As it concerns the kings of the kingdom. He said, the zeal of thine house had eaten me up. So I was so zealous for your house that I did this and I did that. Hallelujah. All right? Very, very important. Now, the word zeal is taken from the Greek word zelos. That is Z-E-L-O-S. Which means boiling hot. Boiling hot. It means fervent. Hallelujah. It implies passion that can be felt and is contagious. When a man is zealous, you would not need anybody to tell you whether he's zealous or not. Zeal can be seen and zeal can be felt. Praise God. Praise God. Zeal can be seen and zeal can be felt. In fact, when God wanted to describe the way in which he, is going, he was going to bring about the fulfillment of certain prophecies, you will see expressions like, and the zeal of the Lord shall perform it. What is that describing? He's describing the passion with which God will get it done. Hallelujah. Look at 2 Kings chapter number 19. Second Kings 19. And if you read from verse, I want us to have a bit of context because he's talking about, you know. He says, because thy rage against me and thy tumult is come up into my ears, therefore I will put my hook in thy nose and my bidu in thy lips, and I will turn thee back by the way which thou comest. He's talking about the word of God to Sennacherib, the king of Assyria. And this shall be a sign unto thee. Ye shall eat this year such things as grow of themselves, and the second year that which springeth of the same. And in third year sow ye, and reap, and plant vineyards, and eat the fruits thereof. And the remnant that is escaped of the house of Judah shall yet again take root downwards and bear fruit upwards. For out of Jerusalem shall go forth a remnant, and they that escape out of Mount Zion, the zeal of the Lord of hosts shall do this. Hallelujah. He is describing, glory to God, the urgency, describing the passion, describing the energy with which something is done. Look at Isaiah chapter 9, in talking about, all right, the incarnation of Jesus. He uses that same expression. Isaiah chapter 9. Now, look at from verse 6. Hmm. He says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, all right, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom. All right, showing you that Jesus is... Actually, the throne of David is the throne of Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Jesus has a head, an earthly right 
to an earthly throne on the earth. Praise God. Praise God. We, that's not what we'll talk about that later. And upon his kingdom to order it and to establish his judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will what? Perform it. So when God wants to communicate that what, uh, what has been said will come to pass, he says, this, my zeal will do it. Praise God. The zeal of the Lord of hosts what? will perform it. Isaiah chapter 37 verse 32 says the same thing. Then in Psalm 69 and verse 9, we have that, uh, that incent- what was quoted in, uh, what was stated in John 2 and 13, so, sorry, John 2 and 17, when you see the zeal of thine house are eating me up, all right, they are quoting from Psalm 69 verse 9. Look at it. So when he says, and it, when they say they remembered, what they were talking about was they remembered that it was written in the scriptures. Look at Psalm 69, all right, verse 9. He says, all right, okay, let's start from verse 6. Let not them that wait on thee, O Lord God of hosts, be ashamed for my sake. Let not those that seek thee be confounded for my sake, O God of Israel. This is a Messianic psalm. All right? Because for thy sake I have borne reproach. Shame hath covered my face. This is referring to what happened, all right, in his crucifixion. All right? Um, he said, because of thy sake I have borne reproach. Shame hath covered my face. I am become a stranger unto my brethren and an alien unto my mother's children. Verse 9, everybody read. He says what? For the zeal of thine house at what? Eating me up. And the reproaches of them that reproach thee are what? Falling upon me. The zeal. So that means he's saying, because of zeal, I stood in the place of reproach. Because of zeal for your purpose. Because of zeal for your house. All right? I found myself in untenable situations. Zeal. Because of zeal for your house, I found my place in, myself in a place of shame. Because of zeal for your house, I found myself in prison. Zeal. That word zealous, all right, if we are going to translate it or interpret it in modern terminology, it will actually be zealot or fanatic. So when you're talking about zealous, you're actually talking about fanatism. <laughs> Praise God. Fanatism, from the biblical perspective, is not extremism. Do you get what I'm saying? Praise God. Fanatism is the attitude of the believer who is on fire for God. In fact, until an unbeliever calls you a fanatic, you are not practicing this Christianity rightly. Praise God. Praise God. Until they get to the point where they say you are mad. You are not practicing this thing rightly. Remember that King Agrippa, he, he listened to Paul teach and preach. What did he say? He says, much learning make the what? Mad. Hallelujah. Stop trying to be reasonable with an unbeliever. Stop trying to make them understand you. They are not supposed to. It is supposed to be part of the intrigue. Are you following what I'm saying? All right? You, you, you get to a point where, where an unbeliever is offered a bribe of $1 million. He takes it. And they offer you the same bribe. And you are not even tempted to take it. That intrigue. That weirdness. That I can't understand what kind of person we reject. That, that's part of what, the aura that should go with a Christian. Praise God. You're a student in school. You're writing an exam. And they are passing out, uh, what do you call it, Expo? And everybody's getting it. Everybody, who? Let me see. Well, he said, no, others may, not me. The zeal of the Lord has what? Consumed me. Praise God. 
being zealous for the things of God communicates that there are things you will lose. There are opportunities you are going to lose. Hallelujah. Sometimes there may be shame brought to your face because people begin to look at you as weird. So they will step back from you. Now I'm talking of the world. I'm not talking of the church. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When the church begins to step back from a Christian for being zealous, something's wrong with that church. It's not a church. It's a club. Glory to God. I said, glory to God. So it says, the zeal of thine house has eaten me up. That means the things of the kingdom has eaten me up. I am obsessed with it. This means the things of God has literally become an obsession. Obsession to me. When Jesus said, the zeal of thy house has eaten me up, it means that there is no other thing I want to concern myself with except the things of the kingdom. What does that tell you? A man who is a zealous man is a focused man. It is hard to have enormous zeal for two things at the same time. Man does not have the ability for, to burn from many things. Let me say that again. Man does not have the ability to burn for so many things. Every man burns for something. You see a dude in church, we're worshiping, and the guy's standing like an Iroko tree. You know, not moving basically, just, you know, standing like a statue, you know, and the songs are going on, and just there and looking straight and what's going on, observing the lights and every single thing. But Manchester United now begins to play Real Madrid, and it's the 90th minute, and the pass has come from who's the people who are playing for them now? Okay, it has come from Fred, and Fred moves it to Marcus Rashford, and Rashford gives it to uh, Greenwood. Greenwood cuts him by the left. And he passes it to Cavani. He said, go. You will see that same statue. That same statue can stand up and run. I remember there was a time like that. Oh, boy. Chelsea played Bayern Munich. And it was 1-1 at full time. Then it was the last, you know, the penalty. It was Drogba stone. Drogba got there. And it was Drogba go. Come and see what's, you know what's happening. There was a guy that ran out of his house in his boxers. And ran round, I mean, he ran, ran like one kilometer before he was conscious of, I, I, I'm running on the street too. What's that? That is passion. He burns for football. Praise God. He burns for football. Every man burns for something. Glory to God. You see, what you are passionate, you see, passion cannot be hidden. You can't hide passion. You cannot hide zeal. You can't say, oh, I am zealous for the Lord, but it's in my heart. It's a lie. Zeal is that attitude to the things of God that can be seen. Amen? Zeal is, a, is an attitude. Zeal. When we say a man is zealous, it is not that he prays. It is how he prays. When we say a man is zealous, it's not that he gave. It is how he gave. When we say a man is zealous, it's not that he worships. It is how he worships. How? The attitude. Because he could be praying and his mind is not in it. He could be giving and his mind is not in it. He could be in the church and his mind is not in it. If his mind is in it, it will show in his attitude. So zeal is manifested in attitude. There was a king in the Bible. The Bible says that he did all the things that were required of the Lord, but he did not do it with a what? A perfect heart. 
So it's possible for a Christian to be going through the motions, going through the motions, going through the motions, but there is no passion in what they're doing. There's no zeal in what they're doing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So it says zeal is an obsession. Zeal, to be zealous for the things of God, is to be obsessed about the things of God. It means that the things of God has taken a hold of you. There is no other thing that is of importance, of paramount importance in your life than the things of God. Amen. I said, Amen. Then there's something I want you to see and notice is that zeal, all right, is contagious. What did I say? Zeal is what? It's contagious. Oh my God. It's contagious. What do I mean? I mean that. If you, it's like a virus. If you are around zealous people, if you are around nine zealous people, long enough you will be the tenth zealous person. Hallelujah. There are some folks who never like watching football until they started being friends with some folks or began to get close to their father. Amen. For example, I started liking football because I was watching football with my dad. Amen. I started supporting Arsenal, you know, in those days of sin. Amen. When my dad used to watch, you know, Kanu Wanko. Amen. Because Kanu was in Arsenal. Praise God. So I contacted the zeal for football from my dad. Amen. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Zeal. Can we increase the volume on YouTube? People are complaining about the volume. Thank you. 2 Corinthians chapter number 9. And verse 1. Ah, listen to me very well, Lou. Hmm. Sometimes, when you notice that your, your prayer life is slow, is slow, check. Are you friends with people that pray? Check it. You, check, you found out that ah, it's been, you've, the last time you went for evangelism was 10 years ago. Are you friends with people that go on evangelism? Brother, if when time we see, all I talk about is the souls I want. People are going through the Holy Ghost and we are close friends. You know there will be a time you say, can we go together? There will be a time we will go together. But if all I talk about is Big Brother, eh, eh, the new song that came out, and the new movie that came out, Netflix and Cheat, Netflix and Cheat 2, Amazon Prime and Amazon, every single time, that's what I'm talking about. You will find that, you understand what I'm talking about? There are certain people that are, I'm, I'm going to come to them, fire extinguishers. They, whenever there is something bad to be seen, they are the ones that bring it into your space. Deal is contagious. Look at the Second Corinthians chapter 9. It says, For as touching the ministry to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. Verse, verse 2, everybody we want to go, it says what? For I know the forwardness of your mind, all right, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia, that Achaia was ready a year ago. So that means they had, they, they had a project, right? They wanted to give for this poor saint in Jerusalem because of the... Farming that had been prophesied by prophet Agabus. So they wanted to collect money together and take relief to the saints. So they're now saying that Macedonia, sorry, Achaia was ready a year ago. You're ready a year ago. He says, and your zeal, everybody says zeal. He said, and your zeal at what? Provoked very many. So that means when people heard that, ah, ah, 
It's a tie. Their zeal provoked. So that means zeal is reproducible in people and it is reproducible by observation. So that means when you hear what people have done and how they did it, when you see what people are doing for the gospel, when you can see the sacrifices they are making, you understand. That's why it's good to hear um, um, testimonies and be exhorted one by another. When you hear it, you are stirred. Hallelujah. It was Benny Hinn's stories concerning uh, his encounter with the Holy Spirit that made me seek a desire, a deeper desire with the Holy Spirit. It was Pastor Chris's stories about what, all right, the move of the Spirit that made me seek a deeper desire and encounter with, you know, move of the Spirit. There are many people have raised, all right, that have a supernatural ministry today. And how they start having a supernatural ministry? By what they saw at work in me and what I shared with them. Because zeal is what, all right, is transferable. You can provoke it in people. Praise God. Hallelujah. It says the zeal of the church in Ikea provoked many. Provoked many. You need to situate yourself in environments where you can be provoked to zeal. Hallelujah. Place yourself where you can hear things that will provoke you. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Then place yourself where you can be used by God to do things that provokes people. So you see, zeal is two ways. Even if you are zealous, you need to grow in zeal. Because one picture that zeal has, it's that of fire. Are you seeing that? And fire has a tendency to go out. So you have to sustain fire for it to keep burning. Zeal has to be sustained. It has to be maintained for it to keep burning. You can have an ex-zealous person. Oh, he used to be. Uh-huh. You can be an ex-zealous man of God. You can be an ex-worker. I've seen that many years of pastoring. Many years of pastoring. Praise the Lord. Amen. Only the zealous person can provoke zeal. Only the fervent inspires fervency. Only the man on fire can give fire. You can't give what you don't have. Only the person on fire can give fire. Only the zealous can provoke zeal. The moderate Christian cannot provoke zeal. A moderate Christian, you know a moderate Christian? The moderate Christian does everything right, but he doesn't do it, doesn't do it with passion, doesn't do it with zeal. So the moderate Christian is always in church. Yeah, they're in church. They probably are in a department. They're quiet, sitting down there. Nobody hears them, you know, but they're there. You understand? They're just there, you know. They mark up the numbers, but they, we don't feel their heat. I don't know what you understand what I'm talking about. They are present, but they are not impactful. They are present. They are not impactful. We can't really say what the, the impact in, you know, in, 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 in my life or, or, or in another person's life. No, you don't, you, 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 understand, you understand? That kind of person cannot inspire zeal. That, that's a moderate person. The Bible actually calls such a person lukewarm. Lukewarm. Not lukewarm. Lukewarm. Jesus said, I wish that that were hot or what? Cold. So I will know what to do. If you're cold, 
All right? How heat you up. You understand? If you were hot, how make you boiling hot? But you are in between because you are in a flux. You are trying to be in the middle. So what am, what am I going to do with you? Because if I tell you that you are not hot, you will say, but I am. If I tell you that you are, you are cold, you say, but I'm not. The moderate, the Christian moderate. The Christian moderate, listen to me. The Christian moderate is the one that we hear you say, I share the Bible, the word with my Uber driver. I preach to my Uber driver. Do you know the Christian model will tell you? You say, did you, take his, did you take permission? Before you were, you intruded on his day. I go to church too. They will tell you the church they go. But I don't intrude. I don't force my religious belief on others. That's the Christian moderate. He doesn't know he's on ice. He doesn't really know he's not a, a serious Christian. But because he has religious activity, he or she does. He feels that he's cool. Praise the Lord. Zeal. There's no zeal. God will not accept service to him that is not done zealously. Remember, the sacrifices in the Old Testament, all right? The, you know, when they brought the sacrifices to the Old Testament, the next thing that came on him was fire. You understand? It has to be hot. God does not eat, it, it, it does not eat stale stew. You understand? It must be hot. It must be zealous. Passion must be there. Because passion is the proof of intimacy with God. You cannot be intimate with God. Fellowshipping with the Spirit daily and, be, and not be on fire. It's not possible. You can't. When you are, you are praying in tongues every day, you are on fire. Status perpetually on fire. That is your status. Perpetually on fire. We are not on fire on Friday because Sunday is coming. No, sir. We are perpetually on fire. Tell her with me, the zeal of the Lord that consumed me. Louder, the zeal of the Lord that consumed me. Louder, the zeal of the Lord that consumed me. Now look at Colossians 4.13. Zeal is visible. Colossians 4 and 13. The way zeal is, is when we tell, say, and are discussing a matter, and we say, ah, oh, that brother is zealous, you will find out that everybody will agree. There will be no debate. Because zeal is visible. And zeal is convincing. Praise God. Zeal is convincing. Look at Galatians 4.13. He said, for I bear him record. Look at it. That he had a great zeal for you. That's for God's people. And them that are in Laodicea and them in Hierapolis. So Paul is testifying of the zeal of Epaphroditus. All right, back up in 12. Let's back on 12. Let me show that. That looks like Epaphroditus. Questions for. Yeah, Epaphros, Epaphroditus. Epaphros, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluted you always laboring. Listen, listen. He says, always laboring fervently. That word fervently is the same word with zealous. Do you understand? Laboring zealously for you in prayers. Now, notice. Listen. He is praying. Prayer is the action. But Fervently is the description of the attitude, the way, the way he's praying. Are you following? 
So when he says labor infirmity, it means that when you see a papa string, you can see the emotion. You can see the, you can see it. You can see the mannerism, the way he's praying, the energy going into the prayer for these guys. You can see it. An encounter with him shows you, my God, this guy is zealous towards these guys. So you can see that one of the ways you express zeal is through what? Fervent what? Praying. Amen? Amen? I said amen. So passion and zeal is visible. It can be seen. It is not mistakable. Many a man is zealous, it will show. It will show. You see, someone who is zealous about church meetings, he comes to church. The man who is zealous is the hungry man. You cannot find a zealous man sitting at the back. Do you understand? Are, are you following what I'm saying? At the back? Let me tell you something. Hey, <laughs> at the back. See, whenever I go for meetings today, well, you know, now because I'm a minister, I'm so, some folks know me, and I go for some of those meetings, you know, they place, place me in front. Let me tell you something. That front I'm sitting, eh? even if I was not a minister, when I was not a minister, it was front too. Ah, it was front too. Ah, let me tell you stories. I remember those days, all right, when we go for Holy Ghost, you know this Holy Ghost Congress with Pastor Adeboe? I will go early. And the reason why I go early is because I want to be in front. Because I was like, when the power starts moving, Praise God. I expect it to start from the front. All those, wherever you are, the, where, wherever you are, the power will hit you anyway. I said, bros, leave that side. I didn't come here to play. I will stay here. Even if the power does not hit anywhere, at least it will hit in front. In case the power level is low. I was in front. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Remember when I went for, with my pastor to some high-level ministry meetings. Amen? So, <laughs> you know, in some meetings like that where you have to register and stuff like that. You know, it was with Pastor Chris. So we're going. It was last year. We're going. You know? So they were putting everybody there somewhere, somewhere, somewhere. Then, you know, my pastor obviously had protocol. You get. But for some time, the protocol person was still running around stuff and those meetings. Once pastor gets on the stage, nobody can be moving. You understand all those kind of things? I carried my pastor's back. Don't worry, pastor. I'm your protocol person. I said, ah, oh, yes, we're going. <laughs> so when they sat there, they put me to sit behind him. Glory to God. And I was there. Hallelujah. Rabako shatabaya. Glory to God. Anything needs to help him out, but I'm focusing on. Are you following what I'm saying? Zeal. In fact, let me even gist you. At that meeting, I hurt my back. We went to a, uh, uh, one of these chalets. I know uh, my, my bed at home has is a kind of bed, very nice and okay. But this bed, it was like, you know, you know there's some bed that like rock, you know what I mean? Like it's like you're sleeping on the floor. This thing was hard. Oh my God. I seen it was hard. So we lay down on the bed like that. One, I woke up with back pain. So I, this pain back was so painful. So they, they had a, a, a brother. To, we're trying to sort it out. This brother was like 120 kilograms or 110 kilograms. So he now stood on my back and was doing like this. To try to straighten the back, it was terrible. Bro, I went for the meeting in pain. 
I wasn't going to say, I will watch from, eh? Watch from what? I, from my house. I left my house to come here to come and watch from where? Go for beach. We are going. Steel. Steel is what will make you drive from Lagos to one place to be part of something. Steel. Hallelujah. Steel. It will, it will regulate and modulate your attitude during the service. You come to take notes. You are paying attention. You're not distracted. Hallelujah. You cannot hide zeal. You cannot hide it. It is not mistakable. When a man or woman is zealous, when I say man, woman is inside. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. All right, the woman came out of man, which means woman is inside man. Hallelujah. Just as everybody, there's neither male nor female in what? In Christ. So, amen. Praise God. Before we start saying, he uses the word man a lot. He's, he's you know, he's, um, he's an old-time man, conservative. You know, some people, especially those watching from abroad, we know all these um, prince of the power of the air have been working in those areas over time. Amen. <laughs> But we love you, those of you watching from abroad. I, I'm not talking of you, I'm talking of the prince in your area. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So we can measure the fire level in a believer by the amount of zeal that is seen. Praise God. Praise God. Now, it's important for us to get this. Jesus, what drove him? The zeal of the Lord. Amen. Now, God will give you a call. This is what you need to do. But the fulfillment of that call is going to be determined by zeal. Whether or not it's going to come to pass. Whether or not you will fulfill your assignment is zeal. Zeal. Passion. Passion. You know why? Because you see, The devil can try to distract you in the physical. You could be a student zealot for the Lord and the devil will attack your academics. The devil can touch all of those things. But if your zeal is intact, hallelujah, you will still remain on course. I hear what I'm saying. You still remain what? On course. When I was in medical school, many of you don't know, know this, but in medical school, I think my one, I failed papers Twice. So I had to, there's something called receipt, not repeat, receipts. So you feel because of medical school, because it's conk, you know. You had to, I had to twice. And let me tell you why, all right, I failed those papers. It was not because I was not, I didn't know them, because when I wrote them the second time, I was able to get distinction in them because I was able to check. But in my final year, my 600 level, amen, I said, I, 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 I was like, I wanted to have the largest crusade as bye-bye to school. So I, 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 I organized a crusade. I remember it was at Art, uh, no, not Art Center. What's that? There's one place called, is it Guest House in Unilag? You know Unilag Guest House? There's one of the halls that is like an amphitheater kind of setting like that. I want to organize it there. And it held uh, a week before my final paper. So the week 
I will be reading for my exam. I'm going for outreach. I was on our ah, to zeal. We went into, we will go into the shops in Mushin, preach the gospel to them, get them filled with the Holy Ghost in their shops, cast out devils in their shops. Then go to this place at Diaraba. We're entering places, entering houses, entering shops, doing ministry. As we're doing inside the school, we're doing and we're doing Unilag, entering different places. I had exams in one week. Some of my mates that were doing, you know, that were my disciples said, Pastor, your faith carries it, our own doesn't. So after the exam, we you understand. Hallelujah. When the result came out, I had two receipts. I was not shaking. I'll just write it again. Hallelujah. Amen. And we wrote it again. And we passed. And we graduated. Praise God. Glory to God. We are doctors. But the difference is that I came, back with, came out with MBBS. But dear God, I shook my school. Hallelujah. Anyone you ask, they'll say, he was a doctor, but he was a pastor. They will tell you that I shook my school. It's zeal. In season, out of season, you are passionate. Praise God. You are found doing the same thing with the same energy. They broke your heart. They didn't break your heart. Passionate. The girl left. The man left. Passionate. You lost money. You gained money. Passionate. You lost the job. You kept the job. Passionate. Nothing stops your fire. Nothing causes you to press break. Look what I'm saying. And the reason why, the reason why, what, what, what are you talking about? You have been distracted. The moment excuses become valid reasons why you should reduce your fire, you are distracted. Hallelujah. You are distracted. Now, it is one thing to be on fire for God, to be zealous. Then it's another thing to stay on fire. Now, last week I told you what to do to maintain fire, right? Now, today I'm going to teach you what to do, not to lose fire. Because I told you what to do, then I'm going to show you what to keep from doing. Are you getting blessed? I said, are you getting blessed? Do you know one of the places you will know when you are not as zealous is in your giving? Giving of number one, your time. You know, when you were zealous, you spent your waking hours praying in tongues and reading your Bible, right? You will spend your sleep, the moment before you sleep, praying in tongues and reading your Bible. Sometimes you will even have vigils. You are zealous, you are hungry, you are passionate. Personal vigil is not the one church is organizing. Just, you had a personal desire to know God. It was personal. You understand? You were hungry. At night, your mother is hearing you. Or your wife is hearing you. You understand? They can hear you. You've gone somewhere to hide and you're praying. They can hear you. Time. So they will see it. You see it in your time allocation. What you are zealous for, you allocate time for. You allocate time for, you are zealous for. It takes your time. I said it takes your time, sir. You take your time. 
Jesus for the word. Reading the word, listening to the word is going to take your time. If you are zealous that many come to know Jesus, if you take your time teaching them, you will find yourself, this is what you are doing, you are teaching, you want, you want. I mean, you understand? You will rather drop than stop. Praise God. Zeal. And, by the way, if you are zealous for the kingdom, your, your statement of account will show it. Praise God. Your what? You, can, you see, some, some folks actually try to say, they try to deceive. Look, you cannot say you are on fire, all right, for God, and your statement don't show it. You understand? Your money, all right, and the analysis of your expenses actually is a predilector for how passionate you are for the things of God. You see, this life, I've seen something. I've seen some very crazy stuff. I've seen someone say, oh, Pastor, I don't have money. I don't have money for this. Uh, but that person has money for heavy data. That person has money for Naira bets. All right? That person, you understand, you know, we get 50,000 Naira. Then the moment he gets 50,000, we just call Chioma. All right? And spend something, you understand. Someone will say, I don't have money. I'm from a poor family. But if you check his history, he has bought phone for one girlfriend. You understand? So you, you, you find out that, all right? No. They have passion for it. They just don't have passion for the kingdom. Praise God. Praise God. Now, so if you want to keep fire, these are the things you need to note. Number one, God sets men on fire using men. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2. God sets men on fire using men. Moses activated Joshua. Abraham activated Isaac. Isaac activated Jacob. Jacob activated his 12 sons. Jesus activated his 12 disciples. Paul activated 12, the 12 disciples in Ephesus, Acts 19, 1 to 6. Hallelujah. All right. In Acts of Apostles, chapter number 8, Peter and John activated the entire saved believers in Samaria. Amen. It was a certain disciple, all right, um, Simon, who activated Paul, or Saul, Paul, the apostle. God uses men to set men on fire. God uses men to set men on fire. Saul was functioning in the prophetic when he came amongst a company of prophets. So that means, all right, the association you find yourself will usually determine what operates around and upon you. Praise the Lord. I said praise the Lord. So it's very important to note this. So in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, Timothy, uh, Paul says to Timothy, The things that thou hast heard of me amongst many witnesses, commit thou also to faithful men who will be able to what? Teach others also. So you can see a chain from Paul to Timothy, from Timothy to faithful men, and from faithful men to others. So it takes men to cause and set men on fire. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that? God uses men to set men on fire. So it means that men or associations are the platform for zeal. To be zealous, you need to be a zealous company. Now, just as God uses men to set men on fire, Satan uses men and association to set men on ice. Don't 
Be complacent. Never think you cannot go cold. You can. You can. People don't get cold towards God overnight. It's usually calculated. It's usually step by step. It is zip by zip. Slowly, slowly it creeps in. One decision after the other. It creeps in. And you now find yourself needing a reviver. You will need an, a, a serious encounter to revitalize yourself. You now begin to say, I used to be on fire 10 years ago. God forbid, it's not a portion of anybody under the sound of my voice. Hallelujah. Satan uses men to set men on ice. Now, these are the five kinds of folks and five kinds of association that the devil uses, all right, to set men on ice. Number one, dissenters. Dissenters. Can someone attend to Jason? Dissenters. Praise God. Dissenters. Who are dissenters? I'll tell you they are. Dissenters. Always, they, these are the folks that always want to make irrelevant issues, major issues. The move of God can be strong. Things can be happening in the church. They will take their eyes all of the, away from all of that. Then they will now come to swan irrelevant thing. And begin to cast aspersions. And begin to bring condemnation and accusation based on that irrelevant thing. For example, in the book of Numbers, chapter number 12. Now, you notice something, one thing. Dissenters could actually, uh, could be people, all right, who are in the church. They are spiritual people. They are people that are respectable. So don't think that dissenters would always be outliers. There are people that are cold right now and cold to the things of God that were cold because they heard ministers or associate ministers in a church say things that they had no business hearing. Did you hear what I said? Say things that they didn't have. You know, maybe they, they something, the man of God did something or said something or fell into some sin or something, all right, that they knew of. They now began to share it with, you know, Baby Christians and folks who didn't have understanding or anything like that. And once those ones heard it, boom, they went on ice. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you this very carefully. If your, your zeal and your fervency to the things of God is affected by the lifestyle of any man of God, it means that your faith in Christ is not solid yet. There's nothing any man of God can do that will affect my own zeal. Every one of us are going to stand before Jesus Christ. Praise God. All of us, you understand? I don't, look, if, 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 it's not my business. I won't say he fell, so me I want to fall too. No, your fall is personal. Hallelujah. He said, it's personal to you. Amen. It's very personal. And if I hear a man of God uh, fail, my, my goal is not, oh yeah, Bring out the microphone, bring out the PA system, bring out the microphone, let us make a stack. That's not my ministry. It's not my ministry. Now I'm not mentioning their names. No. Are you the devil? Are you his PA? The 
goal when a, a person, minister or saint, falls is restoration. In Galatians 6 verse 1, he said, if a man be overtaken in a fault, he said, let ye who are what? Spiritual, restore such a one. So that means the spiritual seeks to restore the falling. The carnal are the ones that want to keep them down. I'm not saying no, I was really, I was really affected by that. I was even rethinking ministry because someone fell. Is it Jesus Christ? Is it that Jesus fell from the, the that the nails did not hold Jesus very well on the cross? So why he was there? Oh Ajabo, what is wrong with you? What <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, sometimes I will hear some things going on, maybe some news broke. Then you know me hearing Christians talking rubbish. You say, oh, you know me hearing things like, this is the, these are the reasons why I, I, I separated from the church. These were the reasons why I stopped going to the church. These were the reasons why I asked myself, on their, you were backsliding. How can the actions of a man cause you to stop loving Jesus? What's wrong with you? What are you talking about? Someone backslidden, fell into a sin. He has repented. God has forgiven him in Christ through the blood. You, you are still there saying, no, I have not gotten over it, you know. I'm still, you know, I'm just really, I'm really, I'm really moved by that, 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 no, come on. I, 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 I'm just really, I'm really bothered. I'm really, I'm worried. I'm, I am, I am, I, you know, I just want to go to the club right now. Uh-huh. That's where you are going. We know that's where you're headed. And zip some champagne. Then why are they, after all, all those pastors, we don't know what they are doing. Can you imagine? The reason why you're sipping champagne and sitting down on some guy's lap is because you don't know what all those other pastors are doing. Is the pastor your savior? Did he die for you? Are you living unto him? Who are you keeping your body in holiness for? The pastor? Are you sure? Are you, are you, are you, are you. <laughs> Praise God. Irrelevant issues. Dissenters, like Numbers chapter 12, all right? Numbers chapter 12. Let's check Miss Hello. Can we get some excellence in what we're doing, please? I don't like this. Um, this is going uh... Numbers chapter 12. And Miriam, listen, you know. Mighty things were happening. They fa- Moses passed the Red Sea. Manna was falling from heaven. They were chopping meat. Everything was going on. Pillar of cloud was there. Pillar of fire was there. You know, supernatural things were. Do you understand? Wonderful things were happening to this man. Miriam and Aaron never seen him in their life. The greatest man, greatest thing that Miriam did was she wrote song after the Red Sea parts. That was where the greatest miracle she performed. That they wrote song. Oh, oh, he has opened that grace. That's what she did. No other miracle. It was Moses God was using to do all of these things. It was Moses that was seeing the angel's face, and you know, they were derapping and talking, and he'll come back. His face was shy. What? Then Miriam now said, Now nah, we have an issue we need to discuss. All of this move of God, all these souls we have to know is not the important thing. No, we must discuss this one, or we are not moving from here. This is an important matter. You married an Ethiopian woman. How can you marry an Ethiopian woman? And I said, no, we must call a congress on this matter. Dissenters. They will bring up things that are not, things that God doesn't have issue with. They will have issue with it. If God, if there was a problem with the marriage to Ethiopian woman, who is supposed to bring up the issue? It's not God. Hallelujah. The dissenters. 
from the centers. Do not let, do not be close to them. Don't go and be sitting down with them and be listening to them, be advising them soon, eh? Listen, what I found about the centers is this. The centers must know that certain talk must not happen around you. You see, there's a level you must walk to that your fame must spread abroad. That they should know, people should know the kind of talk that is okay around you. Are you following what I'm saying? Hallelujah. So, for example, you know, if you've got a question, you now find some guys who are, you know, in lustful and after women, they will not, when they want to talk about women and their escapades, they will say, they will know that, ah, no, we can't say it around, you understand, this person. Do you know why? They know you're a Christian and you will not be interested in such what? In such talk. Centers. The devil will use them, you see. As a church begins to get on fire and get results, and souls are being won and stuff, it's not witches and wizards, though. No. He will want to use people from within. Sense. They want to, ah, now let us talk about this. No, no. You know, no, it's an important thing. Oh, no, no, this is important. You know, let us, you know. So you now find that instead of us to go out and preach the gospel, we'll be settling quarrel. So what the devil always try, you always want to generate quarry so that people will find you have settled this quarry. Settle this quarry. Notice something. After the revival, Acts 2, the fire fell. People got filled with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. And the Bible says, Amen, we got filled and we got saved the first time. 3,000, right? Then after, Acts 4, Amen, we got saved again. 5,000, right? Right? Then what did the devil do? First thing he did was that he what? He attacked the apostles and got them in prison. Is that not the first thing he did? He did not walk because an angel of the Lord went and brought them out. You know the next thing he did? The very next thing, Acts 6. He said, now the Grecians had a problem with how food was being shared. You understand? So it was no longer external force. What was the force? Internal. Ah, no! You are, this is racism. This is tribalism. Oh. It is only Yoruba people that they favor in this church or Igbo people that they favor in this church. Oh. Where are the answers? Eh? Where are the Shekiris? Is it that you people don't know where the Shekiri people are there so you go and save them? Nonsense. Nonsense discussion. Centers. Number two. The offended. The people, so folks, Satan uses to set men on ice. You can be on fire in a church, always coming to church, giving every single thing and stuff like that, and things like that, stuff like that. So you will just hear one person will just open their mouth, bola casa, and just begin to talk. And if you open your heart, they will just infuse ice, and all that fire just go. Hey, praise God. You're not beginning to find yourself wondering whether you should show up for evangelism today. <laughs> it could be that you are single. Amen. There's you know, all these you just go to church, Saturday, go to church, be preaching the gospel, preaching the gospel. Don't worry, you will soon be 35 and no husband. That word you just enter. Go, sir. Hey. Then the devil now say, the devil now use that word of this inspired prophet, satanic prophet. And now begin to read it. 35, no husband. Hey, 35, no husband. Hey, then you will not paint the picture. 35, no husband. 35, no husband. Eh? They will enter your DM. You see, you see, how old you are. I'm 35, 35, no husband. I'm 35, 35. <laughs> you know, Satan knows how to play a film trick. 
He will play it over your head again and again. He will play it, play it, play it. The offended. Now, you have to be careful about the offended because you see, the offended, eh, they always have real reasons why they are offended. It's credible. Example is Absalom. They are the Absaloms in the church. The ones that were wronged. Did you hear what I said? The ones that were what? Wrong. They were wrong. They have proof that somebody in the church did one, two, three. So they are not lying. It's true. It could be that in the church, they organize a business. Everybody puts money inside. One person carried the money around the way. <laughs> and the person that <laughs> took the money around the way is the loudest talker, or it could even be the pastor. He relocated to Canada and he set up a branch pastor in Nigeria. Pastor, you to go on song. Person is offended. Or it could be the person is a lady and she entered into an affair with the pastor. Pastor has wife. And he promised uh, Omogi that he will leave his wife. That some things, you know, Andy or there believed the pastor. Then when pastor did not leave his wife, the Omogi is offended and begins to talk against the pastors and men of God, forgetting that she was, you know. You know, in something that was, it was sinful. She was backsliding in, in that action. I said, found the pastor. And we get to point fingers and stuff and stuff like that. Offense. When you listen to the offended, you will find out that you will pick up the echo from their voice. Are you following what I'm saying? So you hear people say, these are the things we need to talk about. Let me tell you something. That is not how to solve it. That attitude, let's talk about it. Let us, it's not see because it is not coming from the Spirit. If it's coming from the Spirit, you will first hear, let us pray about it. Let us make power available about it. Are you following? Let us talk to God about it first. If we are even going to talk about it and bring people concerned, we will first spend time doing what? Praying. Because we know that we can't solve this thing in what? In the flesh. Be careful of people that always say that let us solve the matter of the church without involving the spirit. The inspiration is not the spirit. The people that want to talk about it and solve it on social media. They want it to trend so that we can have a national discussion. When did church matters become solved by national discussion? But tell us, let us have a three-day dry fasting about this matter. Since it's worrying us seriously. <laughs> you know now, he's, worry, he's not worrying us. Uh -uh, he's worrying us now. Let us, let us seek the Lord for three days without food and water. Crying to him to intervene and to show us the way out. <laughs> and when we say in this hall, nobody's going out. You enter in, we lock the door, someone takes the key and comes back three days from now. Because we need to pray through on this matter. You now begin to hear, ah, um, um, you see, <laughs> um, there are exigent issues. Like I, my, my, mother, my mother is about to die, so they say. <laughs> you will see how people come up with so because the inspiration of that, their activism, is not the spirit. When is the spirit, it will show. Are you following what I'm saying? And when is the spirit, it will not destroy, it will build. The offended. Be careful of the offended. Everybody should be careful of the offended. Always be discerning to know, is this Absalom talking? Is this Absalom talking? 
Is this Absalom talking? The reason why you must be careful of Absalom is that Absalom is charismatic and their issue can lead you astray to the point that you will perish with them. You will just find out that your zeal is gone. You understand? You will get to a point and begin to say there is no God. <laughs> yeah, 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 sir. You have, your Christians have got to that point. You say there is no God now. All this church, all this church, church. You understand? Absalom. You offenders. You offended. The third group of people you should avoid is the backsliders. The, I used to do it before. I don't do it again. You know, oh, back in the day, I was president of my fellowship. All those things were youthful exuberant. You know, I was young. They would blame their love for Jesus on their age. Don't be friends with people like that. Disciple them with the hope of bringing them back. Spend time praying because they are under the hold of the devil. Let me tell you something. There is nobody that used to do things for the kingdom that has stopped doing it and is under the delusion that is fine, that is not under a serious oppression or obsession of the devil. That delusion that things are okay is an oppression of Satan. It will take the mighty power of God to bring them out. So you cannot face it. With, you can't go there and be doing counseling. I hear what I'm saying. It's the power of God you have to take there. And you have to spend time praying for them first. The backslider. You can tell you the history. When, you see, in 1985, you know, Archbishop Benson Daouza, all right, was, you know, uh, uh, he came to hold a crusade in Ibadan. I carry this Bible. Yeah, I carry this Bible. Carry this Bible. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Look at the video. That's me right there. <laughs> I carried this Bible. I was, what are you doing now, sir? Oga? It's not a story we want to be hearing. Francis, Bishop Francis Waloke, too, was there. You understand? He's still, which one are you doing, sir? Backslider. Oh. Pastor Chris told a story. I can never forget it. He told a touching story. He said, that in the 70s, there was a meeting. Kenneth Hagin was present. T.L. Osborne was present. And Aura Roberts were present. One meeting, these three great giants. And they were ministering by tongues and interpretation and prophecies. And he said he watched the meeting. And the meeting, as he watched the meeting, his heart was open. He yearned for the operations in them. And the fire of God on those men came on him. From that tape, he said he has watched that tape again and again and again and again and again. He was so blessed. Then he said one day, a friend came to visit. And the friend found him watching that meeting. And as he watched it, he said, oh, yo, you would like watching this meeting. He said, ah, I was there. I was in the meeting. He said, he said, he said Pastor Chris, I turned to him and I said, you were there? The meeting I am watching that has changed my life, I was not there. But you were there. Then I said, so how is it that you were there and you are still like this? How is it that you were not dead? How is, this, how is it that this meeting did not alter the course of your life? How is it that it didn't challenge you? It didn't inspire you? It didn't stay you? How is it that this meeting left you the same way you are? How? How can revival fire be born in and you are not revivable? Doesn't that mean that you are dead? 
Hallelujah. The backslider. Number four, the fire extinguisher. The fire extinguisher. Hey, hey, the fire extinguisher. These ones are very dangerous. So. They come in form of spouses and boyfriend and girlfriend. You understand? B BFF. Besties. Those are the categories. Fire extinguisher. These ones, they will put out the fire. These ones, they will lure you into sin and sinful lifestyle. Ah, there's nothing on cigarettes. Oh, poor fish, don't be a small boy. Poor fish, poor fish. Take this codeine, you know, sniff it in your nose. What is all this childish behavior? Just take it. <laughs> How you feel? You see now, why are you, why are you afraid before? They're not saying, not, not this point. You too, you are, you are feeling among. <laughs> Fire exhibition. They are the ones that will mock you that you are a virgin at 20. The virgin? <laughs> yeah. People that should be ashamed. They say, you're a virgin? Hey, 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 hey. They will call you nicknames for walking in the street and narrow. You preach the gospel to those people. They must never be your friend. You understand? So there are some people, eh? They are souls to be saved. But until they accept the gospel, they must be on what arm's length. Don't go and be loving them from close. You will be, look, let me tell you something. It is easier. No, some people always talk about Jesus and how Jesus Christ moved with sinners. Wait, I want to ask a question. Was there, did he take them as disciples? Did they live with him? Have you, didn't you read your Bible where it was basically maybe they had something, they were sitting down somewhere and he sat down with them. It didn't mean that they were his compatriots. Jesus was discerning. He wasn't an idiot. Don't be an idiot in your relationship with people. Hallelujah. Your friend is always drinking shinab. One day you say, ah, this is smelling like vitamin C. Let me take it. <laughs> Let me just, you know, because ah, this weather is good. Let me just, you know, just know what's happening. You understand? Praise God. Your, your, all of your friends, they are always smoking banana, um, uh, what do you call that stuff now? Uh, what's, what is this in English again? <laughs> Marijuana. <laughs> and you are there. How are you doing? You two are talking there. You know, you know, you know normalizing things. Making it okay. You know, I just stay around them. They smoke. I don't smoke. I don't smoke. I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm not one of them. Just, they're, my, they're my guys. Your guys. They are fire extinguishers. And if you're not careful, they're going to sniff the fire of God. That small fire that has not yet survived, they will sniff it out of you. Sister has come to church. PRC has happened. Fire has come upon this day. She finishes the meeting. Then she goes to tell her boyfriend in his house how the meeting went at 9.30 p.m. What they say, hey, wow, wonderful. Uh, then she call. You now you now be wondering why this fire that it was, why is it not working in this one's life? Not knowing that it's a gay fire extinguisher belu fire. How you understand? What we are supposed to do is to expel that 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 brother. 
And if you're a brother here, yeah, you are always, you know, emotionally look with one fire seducer sister, you know, you are deceiving yourself. Listen, brother, you say, you know, you're trying to you're trying to mentor her, you see. You say, Sua, Sua, did you read your word today? Did you pray today? Then when this and she's always talking, babe, let's hang out. Uh, uh, can't we just stay in an hotel and just hang out for three days? I'm just fed up of what's going on in the world. Okay, you are distressed with it, Okay, you understand. All those, the world is so toxic. <laughs> and did you know the funny thing? One day, when somebody is preaching, you need to give your life to yourself. Ah, ah, I have a boyfriend, he's born again. He always tells me this stuff. <laughs> but we, we, you know. Then when you start saying, you know, say, we don't know sex before my husband. You are two and everyone. You see, only you that is a Christian. I, I have Christian friends. My, my man is Christian, he's born again, loves the Lord. And we fornicate. <laughs> so, what is your, you are, you, are, you are an extremist. Listen to me. Do not let your lifestyle make it look as though those who are doing the right things are fanatics. Don't betray our culture to unbelievers. Hallelujah. Fire extinguishers. Then the last group of people to be aware of are lovers of money. Okay, for finance, we have 1 Corinthians 15.33 says, or I mean, I mean not deceivable communications corrupt good manners. Alright, the fire was the lover of money. The lover of money will not let you prioritize God. Lie, lie. Let's look at 1 Timothy 6.10. You see, the lover of money will place money above, all right, the things of God. That's what the lover of money will do. Praise God. The lover of money. That will, the lover of money will make you what? Place money above the things of God. Glory to God. You make you place money about the kingdom of God. You know, find the person, you know, the, the, the person you know, talking about, no, 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 you, 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 no, 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 if there's money, no, I have to get out of this country. No, 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 I, I, have you prayed about it? I don't really need to pray. God is even talking to me right now. He's talking to me in my body. You know, no, no, or, you know, he, he can't do anything for money. There's a Ponzi scheme going on. You say, ah, but people can use their money. Look at me. So I can cash out first. Let me just cash out. Let me just put my money and get it. But people, it's a sponsor. It's a criminal. No, no. You say, is this sponsor? You just come in, get, get, get to start early. Be one of the people to take. Lover of money. The lover of money does not consider availability to do ministry when he's taking the job. The person is that way and you inspire others that way. Love of money. Lover of money, we redefine what commitment to God is in the light of money, not in the light of Christ. You don't be hearing things like, I don't think, I don't think, you'll be hearing nonsense like, I don't, I don't think every one of us is called to actually do ministry. You know, I, I, I believe that as a banker, I'm, in, I'm doing ministry in my bank. You know, I, I believe that as, as, a, as, a, as a, you know, I, you know I, I want to travel, I, I travel around the world, you know, I, 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 you know, my job takes me to France, it goes to Italy, I'm doing ministry. Yeah, are you preaching the gospel? No, no, no. As I'm doing my job where I'm doing ministry, you see, it's money. Money. Love, it's love of money. It's love of money that's making that person we define what is Christian and you understand. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Are you learning something today? Did you learn something today? Keep your fire burning. Let it be that when you are 50, you are still on fire for God. Hallelujah. 
when you are in 10 years from now, we will not say, we will say, we are not surprised where you are because we know who you were doing 10 years ago. Are you following? Let it be that you are doing better. You are reaching more people. You are giving more. You are sacrificing more. You are loving more. Glory to God. Let it be that way. Don't let it be 10 years from now, yourself and your wife and your children, you are now discussing, you are, you are watching program, then we come on. You understand? Our TV program comes on. You know, I mean, you say, yeah, I was in that ministry. You know, you know, I mean, I was, I was in, you know, but you see, all these men of God, all this, it's not your portion in Jesus' name. No, it's not your portion. You will be with us. You too, you will, you'll be doing your own. You understand? Be shaking everywhere for, the, for Jesus. Hallelujah. For your heart is the seat of fire. You need to guard it. Never allow the wrong thing influence it. Because the moment the wrong person and the wrong thinking influences it, that's it. So guard your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the what? Issues of life. Praise God. Can we need to hands and just glorify God? Just talk to him. Speak in other tongues, everybody. You have just listened to a message by Rev. Dr. Femi Olale of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikeacc.org. Remain blessed.